The Dateable Podcast is hosted by me, I'm Yue, a former dating coach in New York turned active dater in San Francisco. On each episode, you'll hear commentary by my producer, Julie Kraftchik, and other surprise co-hosts. This episode of Dateable is brought to you by 500 Brunches. 500 Brunches connects like-minded people with similar interests to meet in real life over brunch. You answer a quick questionnaire about your interests and how you spend your time, and then they'll match you in small groups of six to eight at a brunch spot in San Francisco. Get a free entry into a brunch now by signing up at 500brunches.com and using the code DATEABLE. Welcome to another episode of Dateable, a show that opens up a candid conversation about modern dating. I am just blushing right now because we have the bachelor in the house. Oh, stop. <laughs> oh, stop. His name is Bryant, and he was the bachelor on our first rendition of the Dateable game show. How are you, Bryant? I'm doing fantastic. How are you ladies doing? <laughs> <laughs> Some stats about this um, handsome stallion here. He's been in SF for a year. He's 29 years old, and he's currently dating around. Still dating around, not fully tied down, but have a few girls in the mix, I'm guessing. That's fair. And one of them <laughs> is a festival wife? Well, What, what is that? I think Please explain. Sure, yes. So a festival wife is... So festivals are obviously a unique experience where you get to go to different, see different music and, and different stages and whatnot. And, and do drugs. Maybe, <laughs> if you're into that sort of thing. And, <laughs> you know, sometimes you meet some really cool people. And, you know, sometimes it's the member of the opposite sex and you kind of flirt a little bit and whatever. And if you guys hook up, then it's a nice benefit, but it's more about... The true ones, it's more about the music than it is about the, uh, you know, the hookups. Sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It is, though. It is, though. So this is someone you meet maybe on day one of the festival. Yeah. And you guys... Pre-parties or day one. Sort of commit to each other and for the rest of the time? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's unsaid. It's just sort yeah. of like, okay, I like yeah, you, you like me, let's hang out. We have the same music taste. Yeah, it's a beautiful thing. I'm friends with all of my former festival wives in a, in a plutonic sense, okay. except for the one that we're about to talk about, because <laughs> okay. there's okay. a reason why. I'm ready, I'm ready. So over the summer, I had one where um, it was, uh, you know, it was one of those physical uh, chemistry kind of things. We started hanging out on like the second day of the festival or whatever, and um, we started hanging out after the festival, which is, you know, sometimes can be cool and sometimes you can make a friendship and sometimes it's just, you know, it is what it is. I quickly realized that I'm a, a little to a lot older than she was, a little bit younger. She might have been a little bit more, um, I don't like to call women the C word, but she might have been a little crazy. Oh, I was like, uh, been a little crazy. <laughs> and I kind of quickly realized that. And um, she was kind of pressing me to like go on a date via texting me. I was like, you know what, I don't. I think we can keep it casual, that would be great, but I don't think I see this really going anywhere. And, did you actually uh, tell her that? Or I did, okay. I did. In the text conversation when she was like, oh, we should get dinner and like hang out this weekend. And I was like, okay, like if we can keep it casual, great. If you want a little bit more, I just want to be upfront. I don't think this is going to go anywhere. Okay, but I'm going to interrupt you sure. right there because as a woman, I'm like, what would I be doing to give off the C word? What yeah. are some of those signals? Sure. Crazy. Yeah. Let's Crazy. <laughs> Crazy. The, the really hits, harsh one. The one that hits home. <laughs> the one that hits home really hard. Crazy. 
sometimes it's a little hard to come back yeah. to reality, right? So everybody kind of takes that Monday, Tuesday off. So we did kind of a decompression day on Monday, which I didn't really think was like too weird. Like I invited her over, we watched movies, mm-hmm. smoked a bunch of weed, hung out, watched, you know, hooked up. And then like on Tuesday, I went back to work and she's a student. So she like went home and did her whole student thing, whatever. High school? <laughs> <laughs> no, she's in college. Oh, good. She was 24, but doing the college thing, right? So then, okay. then, but like the text didn't stop. Right, so like we had hung out a whole all day Sunday, all day Monday, but then on Tuesday the text didn't stop. So the crazy came out when the text <clears throat> didn't stop. No, the crazy came out when she Facetimed me on Tuesday night. After you just saw her on Monday, exactly. You went to work Tuesday, mm-hmm. and that night she Facetimed you. Why yeah. is that weird? That's a lot for somebody you just met. That's a lot. Huh. Is it not a lot? Am I? I guess you're gonna look at me like I'm the c word no <laughs> it was like it was like very like uh, for lack of a better way of putting it mundane conversation. How's your day going? What are you doing? What are you listening to right now like that kind of not like, oh, I wanted to tell you something by the way, like mm. you know, or like, oh hey, do you want to like do this thing on Friday? It was a lot of like trying to keep a conversation and a dialogue going immediately but when she facetimed you, you accepted her call no. Oh, you didn't? No. Okay, so what did you do? No, I texted her. I was like, hey, what's up? I'm, I'm out with my friends. So like, oh, I just wanted to see your face. And it didn't really stop. Why, why don't you want to hang out? Why aren't you want to FaceTime me? Why aren't you texting me back? Those all are, I don't care what gender you are. If a guy does that, if a girl does that, like, you can't over commit too early. Okay, so then, then what happens? She tried to get my buddy that was trying to get with her friend involved. She's like calling him at work. She's calling me at work. That's when it was like, okay, we need to just call it. And then so I said, I was like, you know, like maybe if we keep it casual, maybe we see each other out and like, you know, we hook up or whatever, fine. And then I started to see the infamous three bubbles pop up in the text. In the text. (laughs) I have never seen a text long enough that I had to actually click on the text message to expand the text oh message <laughs> into a notepad style novel. I hope for, for her sanity's sake, I hope she was using a laptop and not using her two thumbs because it was epic. And it was like a like, Google Doc link. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and it was this whole thing about how I made her feel crazy and she wasn't actually crazy, which we all know that's a pretty telltale sign. And uh, yeah, it was this whole thing about how I, how I was crazy and how I, you know, did not talk to people and I, I was a bad person and all this. Now again, we had known each other for all of two weeks and hung out all of three times. And there was this whole, you know, commentary about my life and her life, which I had no business in. Or But she was criticizing you as a human being? Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Uh, Personality type, my values, my decision-making. So she really was like a, <laughs> yeah. a wife, in a way, she, going she, through a divorce. She didn't understand the whole uh, dynamic of a festival wife, you could put it that way. I do think that's borderline crazy, and I also think she overreacted sure. on the spectrum of crazy. I've heard way worse oh, of stories. Course. Definitely not the show up to your house and slash your tires and key your car kind of crazy. 
But I think most women don't fall on that. Like, I think right. dating, yes. I think most of them are more on this example, but they do get the crazy label from men a lot of times. So at what point did you put the crazy label on her? It was the, like, week and a half of, like, constantly needing a text back, asking why she wasn't getting a text back, me explaining I was at work. Mm-hmm. And then involving my friend and her just constantly pressing him for, what are you guys doing this weekend? Why won't he answer? Mm-hmm. Why won't you answer? And it just became, it became almost, it, sound, it seemed like obsessive. Yeah. And that's when I, that's when the, the crazy words started to get thrown around a lot. I can only speak for myself, but I think I've sure. definitely been there. <laughs> I've definitely been the crazy one. But it, uh-huh. I can sort of see where she's coming from when she says, you made me crazy. Not that I think she should blame you, but there were sure. moments in my early dating career where yeah. liking a guy so much made me crazy, made me want to know where he was, made me want to know if he was going to text me back. Yeah, and I think that's natural. I don't think that's a female or a male thing. I think that's just human nature of like you like someone, you want to see where it's going, and then all of a sudden, what happened? Is it, is it someone else? Is it me? Did I do something wrong? And then you kind of get in your own head about it. I think there's a definite line, though, because I've been with you, like, in that sense, like, of wondering when he's going to text back, but right. actually calling him out, asking why he's not texting back right. when we've known each other for less than a week. There's certain things that are, like, common sense, I think. I've definitely mm-hmm. done the three texts and a response thing where I've sent that third text against yes. my better judgment, and I think that's, everyone's kind of done that or been there at some point, and yeah. you're still wondering why they haven't, but to send a novel, like, I just but you know what's funny is that if you flip it if you flip the roles and a guy was the one that was sending these texts I don't know if a girl would call him crazy but I just know it takes a lot for me to call a guy crazy I've had guys who've you know done the texting thing and where are why haven't you called me back leaving weird uh, voice messages but never in my mind did I think Oh, that guy is crazy. I just think, oh, that guy's desperate. Yeah. Right. You know, I the think- desperate is, I think, a better way of putting the unanswered texting. Yeah. I think the crazy almost comes out more in the like diabolical, like they're trying to get you to say a certain thing or act a certain way or evoke a certain reaction out of you. Manipulating. Exactly. Uh-huh. That to me is more like, okay, this person actually might be a little crazy. I feel like the defaults that a lot of times men will say is sure. crazy. Whether they are or aren't, that mm-hmm. is the default where women say he's an asshole. Right, and like, women do the same to women. No, that girl <laughs> seems crazy. I mean, oh, that's like yeah, a yeah, common yeah. word women describe other women too, right. but it's not very common to describe men that way. Why is that though? Because there are some crazy men out there. Oh, absolutely. It is pathetic or like... <laughs> It's pathetic, desperate, desperate yeah. it's aggressive, yep. um, maybe a little bit intimidating or like I'm right. fearful for my life, you know, but it never have I ever been like, that guy's crazy. He keeps calling me. That guy's crazy. But you never call a woman an asshole either. I mean, I guess you could call her a bitch, but like assholes always thrown around for men. I ran into one of her friends like two weeks ago, and she's like, I heard you're kind of an asshole. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> it's always, those are the default words for some reason. I responded with, it's pronounced douchebag, and thank you very much. <laughs> it's douche. That's <laughs> pronounced douche. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> but I guess it's these gender roles that are already sure. set, and then for us to use verbiage um, sure. to describe someone, it, it retrofits them into what we already know. So by calling someone 
by saying someone's, oh, you know, like they're texting me so much or they're FaceTiming me when I don't want to, you can retrofit that into a woman who is crazy or a man who's desperate. Those are the two preset. Yeah. yeah. But I guess what does that word crazy mean? If you call a woman crazy, does that mean... Got a screw loose. Got a screw loose, but what does that mean for you? What, what does it imply? Does it mean... Because she's crazy, I never want to see her again. Or because she's crazy, I want to stay away from that type. What, what does that imply for you? I think it probably means you don't want to like enter a serious relationship with a person because you don't know what they're like. What two months, six months, a year is going to look like? If they're already giving you red flags about being air quotes crazy. Uh huh. That early on, do you really want to? What about hooking up? Oh, that's right. Crazy. See, that's why I said that's why I phrased it the way I did. I think a lot of guys are like, "Oh, she's crazy. She must be great in bed." There's a hot crazy scale. Yeah. Right. Oh yeah, absolutely. We're all looking for that break even. <laughs> so it, you know, I hear from a lot of my guy friends, it's okay for a girl to be a little bit crazy. Where's I mean, the I'm a li- let's call it what it is, ladies. You know me both very well. I'm a little crazy. <laughs> I think you're. <clears throat> A dude. I really think you're a, sure. a dude. Sure. You're an asshole. I'm not. Okay? I'm not <laughs> put it this way. Uh, <laughs> put it this way. I'm not looking. I'm not looking for normal boring. You know what I mean. I'm not mm. looking for every Friday, Saturday, we're gonna sit on the couch and watch Grey's Anatomy, right? Like, yeah, we all have our chill weekend nights. Yeah. That's fine. But you know, it takes a certain caliber of person, I think, to keep up with a person that has a high energy level and a likes to go out and be extroverted and I think you know a little crazy is not the worst thing you know so to this example of this girl yeah yeah the hot crazy scale that you're talking about Julie so she because she's beautiful her facetiming you that Tuesday was like all right it's a little bit weird out of my comfort zone she's a little crazy but that's okay but when it started being not okay was the nonstop texting. The, the nonstop texting, the paragraphs, the yeah. calling the friend, who she had also met quite literally less than two weeks prior. And she was acting like they had grown up together. That's when it's like, okay. I have never in my time, either myself or one of my friends, started casually hooking up with someone and then like been like, oh, well, I'm just going to call her friend and like see if that's the angle. Right. Right. Even like someone you're dating, you're like, I'm gonna deal with this with you, not your friend. Right. Like, why right. would you pull that person? In? Right. Like, it makes no sense. Yeah, it's none of their business, right? No. Yeah. What I find fascinating about this is, okay, I'm <clears throat> starting to think yeah. about if yeah. you actually felt a connection with her, none of this really would have mattered that much. You've said it in one of our early episodes. Like, if you like the person, anything they do is cute. Yeah. If you don't, anything they do is crazy. That's definitely. There's definitely some value to that. I, did feel a connection with her in the capacity of like we were partying, right? Yeah. So, but then once like normal life kind of settles in, if you don't kind of both settle back into normal life together in the right way, that's when it becomes, maybe this is again, a festival life and not a serious thing. Do you think the context I think context, context is really is everything. A lot of people say even like with Tinder, sure. since it has like a hookup app connotation, they don't take people they meet there as serious as if they met that same person at like, in the, know, like in the wild, gala, in the wild, in yeah. the wild, gala or like something like, and it could be the same person. Exactly. Sure. It's interesting to me that context plays so much into this because I call this a reality TV effect 
why people <laughs> on The Bachelor fall in love within two weeks is because no other real factors come into play. Sure. They're transported to some like deserted island and they're given all the money and resources right. and food yeah. and you know everything's provided for them so you don't think about reality. Same with a festival. Right. It's not reality. So it's almost like you're on a reality TV show. Exactly. All the environmental factors are there for you to quote-unquote fall in love. Everyone's right? on vacation. Everyone's in a great mood. The music's great. You know, everyone's partying. Like, let's call it what it is. Like, ambitions are let, are lowered. Ambitions are, you know, everyone's kind of just having a good time seeing how the day or night takes them. And then... We hear the story a lot. I went on this date with this guy or I went on this date with this girl and it was an amazing first date and never heard from them again. Or I met this person at this event and it was amazing but never heard from them them again. I think we need to step back and think about how much context came into play with how you felt about that person. I've been to places where I meet someone, I see them in a certain light and I'm like, wow, you're amazing. And then go on a hike with them the next day and be like, what was I thinking? Totally. And there's always also been the reverse. You see yeah. you know, certain people in different light and then you're like, whoa, my feelings for you completely change. So I think yeah. we, don't, we don't need to beat ourselves up too hard if a date goes really well, but then it doesn't turn out into anything because there's context that mm-hmm. comes into play. Sure. Have you ever been in that position where you like someone so much, you keep on trying to contact them and they are not reciprocating? I've definitely, again, I've done the, like, three or four text no response and been like, what the fuck, is it me? And, like, waited maybe, like, a day and been, like, texting me, like, so was it something I said or something yeah. like that, you know? Uh-huh. Um, but I, I didn't I didn't necessarily have the, like, I'm going to text you a paragraph thing. But I did have one situation. It's funny. I actually met her also at a festival. So maybe it's I just maybe don't meet women at festivals. Yeah, exactly. Let's call it right there. And then it became this like chess match. It was weird where I think we were both just busy, but, and I was younger. I was like 24 ish. Right. And she was like right out of college, like 22. And we started to do the thing where it was like, Oh, well you didn't text me back for 15 minutes. So I'm going to wait to text you back for 20 minutes. And it just deteriorated into us just like not talking to each other and not actually texting each other. And then it just kind of naturally just dissolved into nothing, you know? And so like I actually learned from that. I was like, why? I have no need to play games like that again. And I want to text you, I'm going to text you. You don't want to text me back, fine. (laughs) But I'm not going to like, if if I was in a meeting and you texted me and like I'd come out of that meeting and then I text you and you text me right back, great. I'm going to text you. If I'm free, I'm going to text you. Yeah. We all have our phones on us all the time. I'm not going to like... You know, there was one time uh, when I was dating this guy in New York. We had been seeing each other for maybe a month or two. And it felt really good. And I um, texted him something like, what are you doing Sunday? And he never texted me back. So I was just took that as, okay, I guess he's ghosting me or whatever. And a month later, I see him at a bar. And I'm like, hey, whatever happened? Because I thought it was something really great that we had and he's like how come you never texted me back and I was like wait you didn't text me back because I asked you what you're doing Sunday and he's like I never got that text so I don't believe it though I I don't know because we ended up dating for a little bit after that and he still claims that that's what happened but I find that it's a little bit hard to believe because how do you really miss a text could AT&T or Verizon be that bad 
I feel like I used to be that person that would, like, wait for every... Like, did the text game. Right. And then, like, my ex-boyfriend was great on the phone, but not a great texter. And there were times that he wouldn't reply to my text, and I would just send him another one because I knew where we stood. Mm-hmm. And I sure. question it. I would challenge you in your situation. If you really like that person, like, why not? What do you have to lose at that point? Well, I think it's the thought that you can proofread your texts, right? You can you can sit there and drive yourself crazy. Exactly. This doesn't sound like me. This doesn't. And mm-hmm. I used to be guilty of it, too, where I used to over In my youth, I would overthink yes. my adult yeah. youth. Mm-hmm. I would overthink everything. And I started to, like text someone something instead of just hitting send and then like okay they'll text me back because that's what adults do i would read it and then like adjust it and then like Mm -hmm. no just send the text and to your to that example though like i think maybe he saw it and didn't respond and just didn't want to come off as an asshole or we could speculate all day we have no idea no idea we'll never know like you said is don't overanalyze like if someone both people want to see each other all the time. It will just be natural. Of course. If one person does, the other person doesn't. It's the forcing that we've talked about that isn't natural. Definitely. Definitely. I think what we tend to do, because dating is so convoluted these days, that when we have an ounce of chemistry or an mm-hmm. ounce of a connection, we want so hard to build upon that because we think it doesn't come around that easily, yeah. which is true. But at some point... Where you have to understand where you're pushing the envelope, forcing something to happen versus nurturing something. And I think when, you've, when you're forcing something to happen is when you start wondering what your partner's doing. That's red flag number one. Two, when you are insecure about your own actions, when you're rereading your text over and over, when you're questioning yourself, when you know that person doesn't text you back. And I think three is when your friends start calling you out. I think friends are really great with that when they say, you know, why are you dwelling over this guy? Or why are you dwelling over this girl? There's someone else out there who's equally as excited about you. So why are you wasting your time on this person? With all the people I ended up in great relationships with, I never wondered and questioned my actions. Mm -hmm. I never wondered or questioned about his actions. I responded to every text message because I respected him so much. I I wanted to, right? Like all the rules are thrown out the door and we say that all the time, but it's also about just when when things work, when you feel like like this is a person for you, nothing else matters. You shouldn't have to try that hard. It shouldn't be that right. hard. Right. And they shouldn't give you so much pain and they shouldn't give you so much frustration. They shouldn't make you feel crazy. Right. And I think that goes back to my point earlier, too, because I 100% agree with you, but, like, sending the second text message. Yes, if you don't feel the person's on the same page, don't do it. But if you don't, if you're yep. not questioning their motives, then it doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter. Yeah. You should just feel comfortable in whatever actions you take. Right. And I think when you start questioning and when you start forcing things to happen, this is what, this is how people become obsessed with celebrities. You know, you hear about stalkers and people who are obsessed and they're like, you know, groupies. People become crazy about celebrities because there's no reciprocation. Yeah. So when you feel crazy about someone, when you get to that point, it's because they're not reciprocating. Right. Know that. That's a huge sign for you. Okay, question of the day. This one comes from Gary. 
I own a successful event planning startup where I need to go to all these events. Basically, nightlife is my life. I love my job, but I also listen to your podcast episode about perceptions. And I know that according to social media, my presence makes me seem like I'm a partier. I'm looking for something real. I'm looking for something long term. How do I give off the impression that I'm serious about dating without compromising my career? It's a great question. I think he has to be honest about his career. Uh-huh. I have a lot of photos on social media that would give off the impression that I go to a lot of festivals and that I uh-huh. do that's all these That's my impression of you, actually. Right, and that's yeah. fine. Mm-hmm. I, I go on this festival called Holy Ship, and we have this thing right after Holy Ship that's called I Do This to Do That, and it's literally people posting side-by-side photos of them in normal life compared <laughs> to the most crazy thing they uh-huh. did on Holy Ship. Interesting. So this one guy had a full doctor's, the, the, the whole stethoscope on with his badge and everything in an elevator in this really nice like framed photo. And the other photo is him getting a bottle of champagne dumped on him in a hot tub on Holy Ship. So uh-huh. I think as long as the people are willing to, to get to know you as a real person and understand that, yeah, you like to do what you like to do in your personal time, and maybe you like to go out on the weekends and go to listen to dance music or go to clubs or, you know, do whatever it is that you like to do, but that there's another side of you probably too. Yeah, I think it's good to show different sides of you. I think for Gary, it's always important to show the different dimensions of who you are. I love that. I do this to do that. Right. If you can show, like, if your life, if your career is event planning and nightlife, Maybe every once in a while, just throw up a picture of you in pajamas and be like, tonight, I'm not going out. I'm right. celebrating because I'm not going out, sure. right? Just showing the different sides of who you are, I think people will be more accepting of your, your life. I think to his point, or to his question, he needs to find someone that's going to take the time to get to know who he actually is. Right. Yeah. And not just judge what he does for a living. Maybe um, My guess is that he's a, a very strong personality type, the outgoing type. He's good at connecting people. It doesn't mean that he's out getting really fucked up all weekend, every weekend. He could just be at work and he happens to have to, you know, likes to do that. Mm -hmm. So I think he needs to find a person that's going to take the extra time to to get to know him. And to caveat all of that, maybe on his Tinder profile, he doesn't just have a bunch of party photos of him pouring champagne down people's faces. I think that's the other... Yeah, with half-naked people. Right, yeah. I I also think that um, people might hate me for saying this, but I think because we're constantly evolving, if this is his career, maybe he needs to think about evolving his career, right? That's a great point. You can't, it's not sustainable to be in the nightlife business for the rest of your life. If you're looking for something stable, for example, maybe this is an arm of your startup that you can hand off to someone else who's younger, who's like the partier, who wants to be in the scene, and you start like a day planning business, you know, where you're doing weddings or right. um, corporate events. Like be open to a change in your career if, if right. you're really looking for something different in your personal life. Or he could even, he could even be a nightlife consultant, yeah. right? Where he does it during the week and he's like, how could you make your weekend events mm-hmm. better? And to your point, right, have that young college intern that likes to go out and be yeah. the, the guy that Snapchats for him and all that stuff. But you know, maybe it's your point, again, evolving himself into more wedding planning or more, you know, how do you host this charity event or things like that. You're going to so, be fine, Gary. You're you're fine. The party persona is just interesting. It is interesting, yeah. Sure is. that works in this industry, it's like 
so many of us put that out. You're looking at one right now. I get it all the time. Before we even met you, I heard about you, and Chris, our mutual friend Chris, was like, Bryant would make the best boyfriend for someone. And I was like, okay, show me his pictures. (laughs) And I was scrolling through your pictures, and I was like, really? Are you serious? This guy that's just like in a tank top, you know, at like some party. So I think, you know, again, we love this topic of perceptions, and I want to turn it over to our listeners who have a good story about how they change their social media presence or how um, their perception of themselves changed over time, whatever that story may be, and also just the evolution of who you are. I love hearing these stories of how you grew to be the person that you are today and how you made those changes and and those milestones in your life. I want to hear those stories and any dating-related stories you may have. people call you crazy, how do you change that? Yes! Yes, I want to... If you are a crazy person and you own it, you're proud of it, we want to interview you. The evolution of crazy. We want to hear from you. We can anonymize your identity to protect you. And last but not least, thank you so much, Bryant, for coming and telling us your stories. Thank we you hope for you. having me. We can't wait to meet your next festival wife. Oh yeah. <laughs> there must be like a cult of them now. <laughs> can't stop the groupies, right? <laughs> okay, last but not least, stay, stay dateable. Your action item for this week is to pay attention to signals. We always hear that we live in a me, me, me society where sometimes we're so focused on getting what we want, we ignore the signals that others are putting out. It's time to be the observer and the listener. Take your own motives out of the picture and try to see or hear what the other person's really trying to tell you. If you're ever feeling that you're not yourself in a situation or things feel forced, chances are there is some disconnect that needs to be acknowledged. The most efficient way to meet new people is a combination of online and offline. 500 Brunches has your offline covered. Connect over brunch with new friends. Come alone or bring a buddy. There is always a table full of friendly faces, mimosas, and eggs benedict. Sign up at 500brunches.com and use the code DATEABLE for a free entry. To connect with us, visit datablepodcast.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram, all under Dateable Podcast. Mm-hmm.